Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and has a knee of steel. We were off last week because I was moving. He was moving earlier on Tuesday morning. The one and only Tony Casillas. TC, what up? Uh, it's, it's been a minute, man. Glad to be back with the 750. And and as you just uh, mentioned, you're moving, which I know is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And I've done it a few times. And so let me ask you, proverbial question. How was it? <laughs> uh, you know, it was um, it was not as stressful as I think I thought it was going to be. But just because I think I over-exaggerated it in my head, you know what I mean? Uh, the worst you day... You probably expected the worst, and it probably wasn't quite as bad. Yeah, the worst day was probably this past Sunday. Uh, because we had to leave some stuff in our home in San Antonio, our old home. And so my wife and I had to drive to and from on Sunday to go get it. And so that was not fun. Uh, but thankfully, it's over. We're in and, you know, everything can kind of be done here now, obviously. Um, so I'm very, very happy about that. It's a little warmer in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, I obviously grew up here, so I'm used to it. Um, and so we're getting used to that. I, I'm enjoying not being in a car. I've been in a car so much, you know, going here, doing this and wearing my mask for all of it. Uh, but on the subject of warmth, I saw you had a like a heat issue, right? Or like an AC issue or something. Yeah, so yesterday, um, and actually, we're my wife and I are going to get out of town for a few a few days, and not to put that out there, but uh, someone will actually be at our house. So I don't even think about it. <laughs> Nobody go to Tony's I mean, house. How stupid is that? Don't you tell your your kids uh, don't don't tell people you're not at home, and here I am broadcasting. So I know we have like two million listeners on our podcast, but um, it's kind of like that's debate. All right. So so, anyways, back to regular schedule program. Um, yeah, yesterday. Um, you know, we were out of town and we went, went to Georgetown over the weekend, see my son just got engaged by the way. Congratulations, Congratulations. to him and beautiful fiance, Ashley, uh, a great couple, nothing but happiness for them. So we went there, took a little trip and look, I, I didn't mind riding in a car. Cause I don't know about you. I, I I'm, I'm to the, the mindset that this is Corona fatigue. And I think everyone is going through that, but yeah. I think you, you go through this meltdown. So I didn't mind driving. It's like, let's go somewhere. Um, and, uh, and so I came home and lo and behold, you know what happens when you go out of town, RJ, you know, something breaks down and especially your air conditioner. So uh, I want to give a, I, I definitely want to give a plug to a one, a one air in Dallas. I mean, they do a tremendous job, Steve and Sherry on the company. I mean, if you ever need, and I think maybe they may be throughout Texas. I'm not for sure. But if you ever have a problem with it, I mean, they took care of me. But there is nothing worse than this Texas heat right now. And you mentioned uh, how hot it is in Rio Grande. It's just it deciphers everything out of you. And I don't care, RJ. I know you, mean, you know, you say you get used to it. But, dude, I mean, it is, you know, this is the bear of the, the, the Texas heat. It, it is upon us. And I tell you what, man. When you lose your AC, uh, you really appreciate the guy that knocks on your door that wants to fix it. And they did a tremendous job. No, I totally agreed. Um, you know, people, I remember like growing up, people would be like, oh, it's May. It's not that hot. It's like, dude, May, that's still winter, you know. In the, it's in the- not. Yeah, you're right. So when they turn that damn switch on, oh. it seems like they do that like this time of the year. It's like they're not messing around, man. When they turn that switch and they turn that knob up. I mean, it's just like like I mentioned, man. It just sucks the whole life out of you. Um, well, glad to hear you're cool. Yeah, um, they, they took care of it, so uh, yeah, it was a good thing. And it was again. upstairs, so 
you know, that's where my daughter, uh, you know, where she's, uh, her, you know, her room is. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I think they want to go back to college. Hopefully, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I know they're supposed to tentatively go back. She's leaving in August, but not trying to get her to leave any sooner. Sure. With the AC going out. Well, uh, again, so everybody knows there will be armored guards and Rottweilers at Tony's house this weekend. Don't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, just so you know. And they'll be nice and cool um, in the AC and everything. Um, <laughs> and so uh, there's a heads up on that. So, Tony, uh, we're talking it's Tuesday, July 14th. And uh, tomorrow, that means is July 15th. And the subject that everybody has been talking about for over a year now. Um, well, File your income taxes? That's true. Uh, it, it is <laughs> ironic, by the way, that, that this would come on tax day. Just and a reminder there. So we got three yeah. months of an extension. And I still probably am probably going to file an extension because yeah. I'm lazy. That um, that is it is uh, interesting that Dax deadline would fall on a on an elongated tax deadline, but um, we either will get a hundred percent resolution from this uh, by way of a long term contract, or we will just get like a bookmark. Um, so to set the stage again, if anyone is still somehow unaware. If the Cowboys get a long-term deal done with Dak by Wednesday, cool. Then he has a long-term contract with the team. If they do not, then he has to play the season under the franchise tag that he already signed. So there is no threat of a holdout or anything like that. Um, And we've heard so far, Tony, this week, uh, the reports are no scheduled talks, that there's not a lot of optimism that this is going to get done. Um, I'll I'll start off simple, just yes or no. Do you think a long-term deal gets done? You know, I'm about 60% yes. Really? So I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning more over 50%. I, I think that desperation, and look, I'm not saying desperation on both sides. Well, obviously, I guess you sense of urgency is kind of a better choose for mm-hmm. for words to try to get something done. You know how that, that goes, that the urgency to get something done. Usually people come to the table and they give and take and maybe agree on something. And I, I you know, I got to... I got to admit this. I stole someone. I screenshot someone's uh, on Instagram this morning, and I thought it was it was really just very it was great uh, perspective. In the next thirty six hours, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, Dak Prescott is going to make a, a, over a hundred million dollars, or uh, or he's going to make seventy million in the next year. Which to me, I, I'm not feeling sorry for Dak Prescott, but a lot of things can change in thirty six hours. Right. Obviously, less time, but. I think that they want to get it done. Again, I think that they're hung up on the fact that they look at the Patrick Mahomes, which it's mixing apples and oranges. But I think they look at that and they think deep down inside, okay, we're going to take care of Dak, but what does he want? What's it going to take? Uh, But I think the really sidebar on this is RJ, is that he hasn't taken his team. And I know this is, you know, it's be his fifth year in the league, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, he hasn't, done anything to really validate that but you can say that a lot of other quarterbacks in the national football league that that have done that but i think the 60 percent of me says they're going to get something done i don't know you know i i i want to be optimistic uh and it's amazing when you look at people when you post something what i did on instagram a lot of people say no don't paint he hasn't done anything yet so maybe that's what the mentality is of of the the Jones uh, camp and the organization, and then what Dak wants, you know. Here's the thing about it: he's going to make thirty one million dollars this year. 
so that's in the bank. You know, the 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 hay's in the barn. He's he's going to make that. And then also my last point, not to get long winged on this, is that when you look at the whole pandemic and everything, and it, everything's up in the air. I think to me maybe that validates a little bit because what happens, and not this affects the team, but thinks about this. Think about if there's no fans in at Texas Stadium, excuse me, AT&T Stadium. Wow, I mean, no there's bad. a lot of parameters that can validate why do I want to pay Dak Prescott over $100 million right now? Yeah, um, so all of that is fair, right? Uh, we understand um, that there are questions. I think it depends on how you evaluate whether Dak has done anything noteworthy. There are a lot of data points and metrics to note that he is a a top whatever quarterback. I I think it kind of depends on the day, the moment, top six quarterback, top seven quarterback. Some people will argue top five. I think he's unquestionably a top 10 guy. And the reality is those dudes get paid. I mean, you you can be the ninth best quarterback, but you're going to get paid because that's the way the market works. I mean, supply and demand and whatnot. Um, I did see this, Tony, and I thought this was interesting because uh, the most similar situation to this uh, in terms of the Cowboys, everybody obviously brings up Kirk Cousins, was Des Bryant because Des had been uh, given the franchise tag and that went all the way up to the deadline. So uh, shout out to first and five um, on the... Cowboys subreddit went back and went through the timeline of the negotiations between the Cowboys and Dez. This was in 2015. This was five years ago. So one week before the deadline, there was, quote, nothing going on in the negotiation between the Cowboys and Dez. The next meaningful update came just under 21 hours before the deadline. So we're still not even to that point. Well, we're getting close uh, since it's Tuesday. Um, And then about five hours before the deadline, a new contract number emerged less than four hours before the deadline. The chances were less than 50-50 that a deal got done. An hour and a half before the deadline, the sides were finalizing a deal uh, with 53 minutes to spare the terms of the deal are or were, excuse me, revealed. Again, shout out to Cowboys subreddit for going back and doing the uh, the research there. So to me, that kind of says not to buy where we're at right now because that's this is this is how they work, right? I mean, they you've you know been part of negotiations with the Dallas Cowboys, and I say this all the time, and it, people think it's a bad thing. They're cheap. I mean, no, nobody wants to give up money for anything. I mean, you're very grateful. Don't get me wrong for your new AC, but it was not fun to pay for that. You know, it's not fun to pay for anything. Who likes doing that stuff? Yeah, but it's a service and it's something that's a the essential thing that you have to have. And like a quarterback in the National Football League is a very essential. I think that we need to separate the powers. When I say to separate the powers, the Patrick Mahomes, because you know he's on the mountain right now. He is he's established he's a proven commodity. Tier. Yeah, and and so, nobody's touching that for sure. No, no, no. Yeah, and, and so you can't you can't even compare that. Now, when you look at Dak, and I kind of maybe it's kind of like how you're slotted in quarterbacks, and maybe this is probably not the, the best analysis, but you slot players in the first round. You go first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth pick. Mm-hmm. Well, the first pick is going to get most is, is going to get the big money, right? Right, and then, and then slot percentage decreases. Yeah, yeah, and so in a way, I mean, not the thirty one million dollars right now. He's the seventh highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. He takes the franchise tag for this year, correct? Right. So. You know, I think, and, and to the Des Bryant point, I, I I don't know if that's a very good, and I think it's a great point that 
What was the name? The, it's just the yeah, it was, it was on it was on Reddit, but it's the point. Okay, the, 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 the point, point they're making is, is like, that the deal can still happen. That's yeah. The and, and look, I've, I've been there and I've done that, and I've seen players, and it can take a phone call. Right. I mean, it could be the eleventh hour. Okay, it could be, you know, whatever the deadline's up. It could be ten till the deadline's. Like all it does is take a phone call. Right. Let's deal done. Okay. But I think the Des Bryant is a little different because we're comparing Des Bryant. You could say Des Bryant at the time was a proven commodity. Tony Romo was his quarterback at the mm-hmm. time, correct? So he had the numbers. So Dak Prescott is a little different. And I think that that's the thing about it. The quarterback, the expectations is so high. Not that Des, I mean, Des made a ton of money, man. Right. I mean, he, but, in the, but he proved. So I think there's still this question mark. Des Bryant was a proven commodity. Dak Prescott, yes, he's going to be a very high paid, very wealthy man in the National Football League, but is he worth going up to that next step? Well, so I think my impression is that I think that they are not far apart on price, right? Whatever that number is, whether it's $35 million a year, 36 37 whatever, I don't think that the Cowboys and Dak's representation are far apart there. We have heard for so long that the Cowboys want a five-year deal. Dak's team wants a four-year deal. I get it. And that that is a situation. Lots of people have come up with different analogies and things like that, you know, because not everybody is well-versed in NFL salary cap discussions and whatnot. To me, this is what it is. If you want to live in a particular neighborhood and and your heart is set, right? You want to live there. You want, you know, you want to be close to this. You want to be in a certain school district or whatever the case may be. And the house that is next door to the, the one you like is a little bit, I don't know, larger, a little bit newer. Maybe you like the materials more, whatever. Um, that house, you know, costed, you think is, is better than the house you're looking at overall. But the one you're looking at is more expensive. Guess what, dude? That's how much it costs to live in the neighborhood. And it, you want to live in the neighborhood of having a franchise quarterback. That's the reality here. Yeah, you're going to pay. You're going to pay more to live in that particular zip code. Right. And and and, gonna, and you want to live in the zip code of having a franchise quarterback because the alternative is not very fun. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, and, and I think the big the bigger picture now is the projection and the spec, you know, speculation, the expectations for Dak Prescott, because he's got four years under his belt. I mean, he was, you know, he, he's he's done a lot of special things. And so, you know, his time's up to get paid. You know, he's, right. he's next in line. And so, I don't know. We, we can sit here and talk about the numbers, all the parameters and everything. But 
you know, I, I think they're not that far off. Um, but I think that this is what happens. This is in the last 36 or whatever hours it is until that expires. There's a lot of pushing, you know, a lot of uh, give or take or not just it's like ignoring. You know, it's like, you know, someone trying to you're trying to reach someone and they block you on your on your phone. Like right. they're not accepting your calls right now. So I think right now there's a little bit of the posture and playing the poker game. But still, as you asked me earlier in our podcast, I feel confident about 60 percent, which is better than I felt. I don't know a week ago, which I don't know why I came up with that. I just feel like they're going to get something done. I I know this sounds silly, and because I mm-hmm. maybe maybe this will describe how you're feeling. Right. I ju- I think I feel again. I got, I'm kind of at sixty two. I'm I'm barely maybe I might even be like at fifty one. I'm barely mm-hmm. of the mindset that I think it happens. Um, and the reason is really just because the deadline is about to be here and dead. I mean, it's been said a million times, deadlines make deals, et cetera. And that, that's why I wanted to talk about that Des example. Cause that shows how even the day before it was, this isn't going to happen. You know what I mean? And it's important to remember that everything that is being reported, every leak is purposeful. That there's a reason behind every bit of information that gets out to the media because Teams and players and representations want certain ideas out there because they're they're negotiating openly. I mean, like, do you does anybody really think that here we sit about, you know, depending on whenever somebody's listening to this, 24 hours or so away from the deadline, that they're just not talking? Like, do does anybody really believe that that they're <laughs> that they're just like, you know what, man? We're good. This is a, a decision that will impact our organization for the foreseeable future, but it's fine. We don't have to talk. I'm, I'm just going to go play FIFA on the PlayStation. I don't need to worry about this right now. Well, I, I think there's a number. I think there's a number out there. And look, I wouldn't surprise me if they're not having any, any communication. I mean, I don't think that that's over, overstated or, uh, you know, just people think that that's not reality because I think everyone has been in negotiations or anything. I mean, there comes a silent part where one of the other person starts getting uh, you know, you know, little, uh, you know, uh, you know, speculative, not spe- not speculative, but just really concerned and and paranoid about what may happen. So I have no problem with that. I think the thing with this whole deal is that you know, I think uh, with everything that's going to happen over the next, I don't know, month, who knows, or next couple of weeks, you know, I think that maybe the, you know, the the fan, the trying to put the, you know, put the fans against the player and the ownership or whatever. But the deal of it is also is that the Cowboys always negotiate this way. Right. Don't they? I mean, this, does anyone surprise that this is we're talking about? With the, I mean, so if you look back historically, the way they've done contracts and everything else or any team, this is how they do their business. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I mean, I've said you know, many times over the last few months, Demarcus Lawrence had to threaten not to get shoulder surgery. And it was then that the Cowboys said, well, we ran out of time. We got to make this deal. Ezekiel Elliott held out and they made the deal. Des Bryant, that went down to the 11th hour, like you said. By the way, this is a totally different subject. I really hate the phrase 11th hour. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Uh, yeah, I started thinking about that. I'm like, okay, the 11th hour, that means, so what does that really mean? I mean, I understand what it means. Like, I, Yeah, I, I understand. But when you start thinking about some of these you know, these well, the, the mottos and these slogans and these metaphors yeah. and everything we use, whatever you want to call it. Oh, by the way, do you watch The Wall? Not to change the subject. Have no. you seen The Wall? Oh, my is, gosh. Is that a show? Anyway. Is, is that what it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a game show. Yeah, oh, check it out. Okay. 
I, uh, but that's I, my that's my losing my train of thought and kind of getting off the rail. On, the, anyways. Subject, on the subject of shows, <laughs> I think um, I think we're going to start Yellowstone. So there's a wall in front of the management <laughs> between Dak and old Jerry Jones. Well, so um, we will know at the very least one way or the other. Again, I am and I you are of the mindset get this deal done so you don't have to worry about it. Especially um, there's. You know, there's no getting around at this point. The salary cap is either going to stay flat or shrink next year mm-hmm. as a result yeah. of the financial situation that our world is in. Um, and so, you know, the salary cap hit could actually be larger next year um, if you don't get this deal done. It's it's a very, very, very unique time um, in our lives and in our world. Um, and so the Cowboys certainly have to be prepared for that. Um, I did want to bring up something that came out last week. I was actually, you know, mid moving while this happened. And so I didn't address it on any of our podcasts. I know Kelsey Charles did uh, when she was filling in for me on the Ocho. Uh, Tony, I don't know if you saw the Baltimore Ravens announced that uh, if, yes. if fans are allowed at their stadium, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's M&T Bank Stadium. Uh, which was incidentally um, where the Washington Sentinels played in the movie The Replacements. But um, they announced that if they have fans at their games, that it will be up to 14,000 so as to comply with different guidelines and regulations and whatnot. Uh, For what it's worth, the Dallas Cowboys will visit Baltimore this season. Um, And so, I, I, I mean, we have the reality here is, Everything is changing every day, every minute, it feels like. Uh, and we have way more questions than we do answers. But it does feel like, as a result of COVID-19, that there are going to be far less fans in NFL stadiums this season, if there's a season, uh, and if there are fans at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's anything, any way around it when you talk about the, you know, what has happened lately. I mean, certainly in Texas and other Arizona and Florida – and how do you keep all that stuff in a bubble? And I, I just have, a, I'd be hard pressed to think you get that many people in a venue, even 14,000. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's like playing in front of, that's like at a high school game, playing in 14,000 people in Texas is a right. lot, but put everything in perspective when a venue's made for 85,000 people, it doesn't seem like anyone's there. So I don't know, RJ. Um, I'm very, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to say pessimistic, uh, but optimistic that maybe something won't happen. There will be a season, sure. but it's hard, not, so it's hard not to acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's so many logistics. There's so many things that you hear every day. And, and, it, you know, what happens if someone goes to the game and someone, you know, they get infected with COVID-19. I mean, there's so many things that wrap your brain around it. And, uh, you know, here we are talking about Dex Prescott's contract, which, you know, is, is, inevitable that they're going to have to deal with. But even at the season, I mean, it's in question. I mean, it is really, really in question. Is there going to obviously be any fans, which you mentioned maybe 14,000 or whatever the number. But I think ultimately what the question is, is there actually going to be football? Right. And I know, I mean, we obviously talk about and cover the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL. And, you know, we're both big college football fans. Obviously, you're a college football Hall of Famer. Um, The state of college football is very much up in the air. They've already made some decisions. Um, Again, I was moving, but I believe so far the Big Ten and Pac-12 have gone. Conference games. Right. And um, I went to Texas A&M. That 
mm-hmm. affected one of A&M's games this season. I would imagine, um, I don't know, obviously, that the Big 12 and the ACC and all these other conferences would follow suit. Although, again, everything is different everywhere. College football is a little bit different, I think, in that conferences can make their own decisions like that. There isn't one league that, that governs everything like the NFL. Um, but, I mean, again, that's that's why there are just way more questions than there are answers because – well, okay, let's hypothetically say, God forbid, there is no college football season. What does that mean for the NFL draft? Is, is there a draft? Is it seven rounds? You know, is there a combine? You know, what what do you do? I mean, it's it's we we are in some seriously unprecedented times, I think, um, w- with regards to literally every detail of our lives. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I I think I think that the NFL. Um, has a, a larger chance and likelihood of operating than college football does just on a, on a grand scale. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's an accurate assumption because think about I think it's probably more, uh, you can manage it. Uh, it's, it would be easier because there's 32 teams and they're and, professionals and you've, you've got yeah, professionals and, and, and so, and then the TV contracts are huge. Not that the, the contracts right. and the college football, but, I think it's totally different because when you go onto a campus, there's more people. Sure. You know, it's like my kids going back to campus and they're having to take online courses. And to me, in your experience, would you imagine going to college and having to stay in your fraternity house or in your apartment and taking online courses? You can't go out to the bars. You can't go to the fraternity. I mean, there'll be kids that go, but then after everything is, you know, if there's a spread of coronavirus and all of a sudden they're going to change everything. So, that's the problem with the end. I really, really, and you asked me about the percentage. I think that Dak Prescott will sign a long-term contract. I gave you 60%. I'm about 80% that I think there will not be a college football season, maybe 90% just because of all the things that they have to do to make it work. And you mentioned the non-conference game. Think about how detrimental oh, dude. it is financially. The teams that count on to play the Oklahomas, the A&Ms, right. to get the paycheck, and all of a sudden – they're going to have to cut programs because they can't afford to foot the bill. We've already seen a lot of uh, universities cutting different mm-hmm. programs, yeah. uh, different men's and women's sports. Um, and, and you're, I mean, I, I'm not as well versed in in the entire intricacies of college athletics as I am at the NFL level. Uh, but I mean, it's it's unreal. I mean, you know, we just moved from San Antonio, and I know UTSA really counts on their game against A and M every year too. And there's, yeah. there's a ton of examples. Um, but so a million dollars to them, right? That's, you that's, you that's mentioned, huge. you know, so you're about 10 to 20 percent uh, positive that college football will happen um, because you said you're about 80 to 90 percent certain that it won't. What What's your percentage then on the NFL? Like 50 50 or right now? Yeah. I mean, mine's, mine's higher with the NFL right. just because I think, it, again, it, you know, if you want to call it in the bubble, if you will, uh, the way they're going to have to do these things. I mean, like the NBA and the NBA. So the thing about it different is you think about the the and I'm, the intimacy or just the the physicality and how the proximity are to each other's players. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, and not the basketball because they're around each other a lot. Right. I mean, Russell Westbrook's already he you know he tested positive. Dallas had Cowboys fan Russell Westbrook. By yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sit here and be doom and gloom. I mean, I want to be optimistic sure. like every other fan. Yeah, there's going to be football. But then the part of me is like, don't set yourself up for failure. Just, I guess, expect the worst and hopefully something really good will happen. And I think that's probably why, you know, we're kind of 
thinking this because it seems more likely we're so far into this at this point that, you know, earlier, like I think about the PGA tour, for example, the, the night that Rudy Gobert tested positive, that was, I believe a Wednesday night. Um, and the PGA, that was the week of the players. I know you remember. And they said, we're still going to go on tomorrow because at that point, nobody knew anything, you know, it was still right. so new. Um, and so everybody kind of shut down in sequences like the NCAA tournament. Remember it was okay. First, we're going to go no fans. And then like a day later, it was just going to, cancel it entirely and i think that a lot of organizations or teams or universities or whatever might just feel like you know what it's far more as terrible as this sounds cost effective to just cut entirely than to try at a small level small scale and then have to cut that and dial back i mean um in in many ways i mean i think the pga tour is one of the safest things because, you know, golfers can socially distance. The PJ Tour has been back for a month now, um, and Tiger's back this week, by the way. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, the, the, the ratings would be great. It'd be interesting. I was going to say this about Tiger. No gallery. I mean, there's not going to be, you know, Tiger Army out there. It's right. going to be a little – because you watch it now, and I'm, and I I love golf. I watched the Century, the American Century, the celebrity uh, tournament. We didn't even right. talk to that. I don't know what happened. How about Kyle Williams, a defensive line representing the big man Dude. out there, just killing it? Did you find you know, when when you were playing? Did you golf a lot then, or, or was it something you picked up later after you retired? Oh, I've been playing for a long time. I mean, I've I've been playing since my uh, it's been how this is how long it's been. I I started playing golf my senior year in college, and I really started playing when I got in the National Football League. So. I played a lot of golf. So what was, I, I did, what was that like then when your body changed? I mean, like how did your, your swing change? I well, mean, you know, here's the thing. What I did is I read uh, Harvey Ken, Harvey Pennock, The Little Red Book, and then Ben Hogan's book. And and I will recommend this. I I re- recommend this to anyone, especially a big person has big chest, or is uh, go, go buy the Ben Hogan Stay Connected book. And I read his book on how to stay connected. And, you know, because when I started playing, I was 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to keep my swing on a plane, but to make a long story short, that really connected me and really got created my golf swing where it is today. Yeah, you know, I'm a little, you know, I'm older now, and obviously I'm probably not going to be able to take it back as farther. But um, it does help not to, you know, to get things in the way. But regardless of that, you got to have the muscle memory, and you got to have the, the really sound golf swing. So that's how I really learned how to become a better golfer. But my whole takeaway from that over the tournament, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the celebrity tournament is that Kyle Williams, man, dude, man, he's out there bombing it. And, right. and was it the 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 tennis player, last name's Fish? I never even heard of the guy. He ended up winning. Uh, but, uh, you know, the point of golf, you know, Tiger Woods and just being able to watch it, that's the, probably the most clinical sport that you can really just try to strip it down and really manage. Them. I think golf is definitely the easiest way. Right. I mean, there was also, while I was moving, the report that um, the NFL is banning jersey swaps um, so as to prevent, um, you know, the transmission of, you know, whatever. Um, But again, a jersey swap takes place after a football game in which all of these dudes have been running into each other for three to three and a half hours. And so yeah, I get that. Well, uh, just make sure this go. I guess you could spray some Lysol on them. Like I do at my house. Yeah. But, you know, do I sound like the old dude on the lawn that I don't like that, but 
Because well, I always think, because I always think after a game, after we got our ass kicked, I don't, I don't care who it is. Oh, you I don't like it in that. general. You're saying? All no, right. I never liked that. I, I thought that you know, look, you know, if you want to get a jersey, you know, just have the guy send you one after the after the season. But to sit out there and, and look, I get it. I think it's great for social media. Maybe it's just me not letting go the old man and just the old culture me. But the least thing I want to do is I want to sit. I want some guy's jersey after they kick my ass. I get that. Um, you understand? I mean, does that, I, I, does that does that sink in any? Does that make any sense to anyone out there? Why I don't like the jersey swap? It is. Uh, Besides, I'm just old, and I, that's just I'm, like I'm stuck in my ways. I'm gonna be help me out. I'm be real with you a little bit, TC. Okay, it, be real with me, young it, man. It is a little bit get off my lawn, a little yeah. bit. Um, it, again, you played at a different time, and and I think I think a lot of people would love to see. Um, things be like that, like you know, you guys hated the Eagles and you hated Washington. You know what I mean? Like, and, and like people used to say, like, oh, I hate that Des Bryant and Odell Beckham Jr. are buddies. Like, I, I you know, I want you know my my team to hate the other, you know, the division I rival. Michael Jordan out there swapping jerseys right. with Carl Malone. No, totally. I mean, I I do. I do think as somebody who works from home, so has a home office, like the, my first thought is like, man, those dudes is like, you know, basements or wherever they've got those jerseys set up. That must look awesome. Like that's my oh, first I, thought. I think it's great. Yeah. Look, you can go. I, I, get, I have jerseys. I mean, you can do the same thing. But anyway, I think it's good. I mean, well, COVID-19 obviously is the reason why they're right. doing it. But uh, I just really have been a big fan of it. My last thing on that is the whole jersey swap thing should vindicate to shard choice people forget about this um oh, <laughs> yeah again if because i know we have some younger listeners too like some some people that are still in high school or early on in college yeah we want younger listeners i got we got you on here because you're you know right. more you, you contempt i mean i try to be contemporary but there's <laughs> some you know i have to have that role the older above right right, right i gotta have that role every once so well in 2010 i believe it was the Dallas Cowboys got waxed by the Philadelphia Eagles, so that's that's one factor. Vivid memory. It was the Michael Vick year with the Eagles, where you know he was incredible. There's there's no denying it. And the reality here is that Michael Vick, for so many, was a generational player. So many and, and lots of guys, you you know, used Michael Vick on Madden, and and you know he was very impactful for a lot of people, uh, for a big culture. And so to shard choice, and it was it was right after the game ended. You know, the players go into midfield, shake hands and whatnot. And to shard, it was right as like NBC was about to cut away. And to shard choice had some gloves that he was asking Michael Vick to sign. And I mean, the takes were everywhere. And I, I think I might be misremembering this. I think he said they were for like his kids or his niece or nephew or something. I, I mean, I kind of get that, um, but it, it was a bad look. And my, my only point is like now that whole practice is celebrated. Like now, yeah, I mean, it was, now it's cool. look, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. People were frowning on it then. I mean, I'm, and I'm going way back when I played 25 years ago or, 20 years ago or 19, however long it is, but that just was bad timing. Right. I mean, I, I, I think timing's everything. And I think the timing, and maybe it doesn't happen as much whenever you're, you know, you're And look, I was very loyal. Love my the guys I play with, but you know, I, I, you know, I, I just, what I do is I try to get a pick or try to get a fumble or something like that and take some of their possession away. But I just really think that that was, 
I remember when that happened with Tassar Choi. <laughs> that was, and I know Twitter was not Twitter like it is now. No, Instagram. I, yeah, but I, he would have been torched if there would have been Twitter back then. I think it, it was. Every store right now. I might be misremembering this, and again, I've been moving, so my brain is all over the place. I think it was last season that Lamar Jackson, um, after a game, I, I don't remember the game, so somebody helped me out on Twitter. Um, had like eight jerseys, Tony. And so like, because whoever he played, there were that many people that wanted the Lamar jersey swap. Um, and I will say where I think it's it's actually really cool is um, like when like Dwayne Wade's farewell season. That's kind of cool. Like, you know, the last time he's ever going to play in, in that year stadium, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, so stuff like that. I mean, I, I go back and forth, but but I get yeah. I get your take on it. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. But the Tishart, man, I hadn't thought about that in a while. Uh, the Tishart choice thing. So um, my last question, I guess, on the subject of this, did you ever like, wait around after the game for somebody from their team, like maybe an old OU teammate or just like a friend? Like, like what was what was the most well, you ever did of, of that kind of stuff? Well, look, I always shook hands and talked to my you know, guys that I knew and I played against. And, um, and, and look, maybe I'm just an overreaction. Maybe if the, there was the option to do that, I would have thought about doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly some of the, you know, Hall of Famers, some of the greats the, of the game. But um, really, it wasn't. It wasn't like things have changed, and, right. and so I would I would seek out guys that I played against and guys I you know that I that uh, went to OU to keep that mm-hmm. you know that brotherhood uh, you know going. But uh, really, just that was it. It really wasn't. After that, I'm like, okay, I want to get to the locker room and get our ass chewed out or whatever <laughs> is going to happen. Or you know, certainly when I was in Atlanta, when I didn't, you know, no one wanted an Atlanta jer- Atlanta Falcons jersey back in the day. I mean, what are you going to do with Atlanta Falcons or when you're four and twelve every year? So everything's relevant, right? Uh, so <laughs> if, if you could if you could go back and do a jersey swap with anyone, who would you want it to be? Yeah, I think the the, the players on look back when I play would probably be the minister of defense, Reggie White to me. It was the probably the, the greatest defensive player that's ever played the game. And then Brett Favre, just because of who Brett Favre, just uh, to, to me, just uh, seemed a, a, like a good old boy, tough mm-hmm. dude, guy that would command just in the huddle would be fun. And oh, by the way, one of the greatest of all time. Those two cats right there, those two dudes, if I was to fast forward in the 21st century um, and be able to do some glove swapping or, or <laughs> jersey swapping, Sure. He'd be hanging up right behind me in my office. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe you can go play around a golf with Brett. You know what I mean? And then afterwards, you can swap golf clubs. You know what I mean? Like, and have him sign it or something like that. that oh, would- he's, do you, you do? You, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but I saw a picture of him playing golf, and the dude is like, it would be exactly what you'd picture Brett Favre. He had, they had a glove on, and actually had a rip in it. I think he took a picture with Aaron Rodgers. And Brett Favre. So Brett Favre, he's got his shirt tail out and just looks like, you know, he just got off the farm and and his his uh his glove was like ripped in half. And then you look wow. at Brett Favre and or excuse me, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's got his Nike, you know, he's his, all like his endorsement or Adidas or whatever it is. And he's looking he's looking GQ-ish and he's looking the part of the golfer. He looks like a guy that can play in the seventies. So interesting contrast between two great players. Well, um, We'll see what tomorrow brings, Tony. Tomorrow yeah. will be an interesting day, to say the least. So, um, we still uh, got some time. 
we uh, we'll be back next week, of course. Uh, last thing, who wins at the Memorial? Justin Thomas. Okay, I agree. I'll take Justin <laughs> Thomas. Uh, I yeah. was going to say Tiger, but nah, uh, man. Yeah, he's nah. yeah. But I guarantee um, you, we'll be watching it. The, they'll have some great ratings this weekend, just based on one dude, man. A hundred percent. Well, Tony, uh, take care. We'll talk next week. Everybody be well. We'll talk to you soon enough. This was the 750.